if I had to choose a poi spinner that is my favorite of all time, it's Tim Goddard. Hopefully he needs no introduction, but just in case you don't know who he is, this man is absolutely prestigious with two and three poi. He is a hell of a performer and innovator. I've been a huge fan of his for more than a decade, so this episode is really special for me personally. We started a Patreon. Please help us with a $5 donation to help keep the lights on. The link is in the bio. With that being said, welcome to the podcast and enjoy the episode, my friend. Tim motherfucking Goddard, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being our 11th episode on the podcast, man. How are you doing? Yeah, doing good. My pleasure. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, yeah, yeah, on I, a nice sunny morning. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had messaged you about the podcast uh, before I had even re released my first episode, before we had even equipment, and I was like, "Hey, Tim, would you be down to do an episode at some point?" And you're like, "Easy." I was like, "Okay, cool, yeah. cool. All right, so people actually want to." <laughs> yeah, talking's easy, man. Uh, yeah, sweet, not sweet. Do. <laughs> yeah, so, not like booking a show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. So, Tim, take us all the way back to when and how you got started with Poi. Yeah, cool. Uh, funny. I tell the story pretty often, but this is like a, a long, long time ago now. Um, I just had a friend that did like some fire spinning stuff. Uh, he did like Poi, nunchucks, and contact stuff. And yeah, I met him at like a, a pretty funny time in life as well. This is like just going into university and having a lot of spare time. Um, and I was already doing some freestyle soccer stuff. Um, so doing soccer tricks and playing a lot of music and drums and stuff like that. Um, yeah, anyway, he took a small group of us down to the beach and showed us like what he does. And we're like, that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> and then started learning as quickly as possible. Um, I think we spun fire that night, like as the first thing that we did and then went off and like you know practice tricks and stuff and then like came back and did some more like beach fire spinning stuff and then uh yeah just got like very addicted to learning uh because it satisfied like a lot of stuff in my brain about like you know uh an activity or hobby or whatever so it like engages you know musicality and like physicality and uh like thinking like problem solving and you know physics and like a whole bunch of random stuff like all integrated in this one activity. Um, yeah, so we'd then go to like skate parks every day, uh, like at nighttime when like they're all empty and do fire spinning in the like the bowl and get trapped in there with the fuel soaked on the walls and stuff. And, oh, yeah, that's dope. All that kind of thing. Um, so you, you start, did yeah. you spin fire the same day that you, that you had started? Is that what I heard correctly? I think that was, yeah, I can't remember the exact time because this was like 13 years ago. Um, but I'm pretty sure we like saw him spin fire and he was like, have a go. And then, yeah, we just went from there. <laughs> wow. Thrown yeah. into the fire quite literally. That's awesome. Yeah. So when, when you were first introduced to Poi, did you start, did you find anybody that inspired you back then on like the internet or locally in Australia? Did you, ha who are the people that were inspiring you like earlier in your career? Uh, well, back then it was like, there really wasn't much internet presence. So this is in the, the days when like YouTube didn't even exist really, or that like, wasn't a platform that, uh, no, it didn't exist. Yeah. I can't remember when YouTube was released, but that was like, not then, <laughs> like, um, anyway, it wasn't being used as like a, a platform to share knowledge. Uh, there was home of boy forums and there was their little tutorial list of videos. 
Um, so it was in like super early days of the video format being shared. So I didn't use the internet at that point in time to mm -hmm. find new things until like, you know, maybe a year or so into spinning. Um, yeah, so I got a few tricks from there, but it wasn't like a inspirational thing. It was just like, oh, these are some things you can try. Interesting, interesting. Um, so locally, we had uh, quite a few very talented people. So I don't know if you know Brett, uh, Brett Starr, who does like double contact star spinning. I'm actually um, not familiar. Yeah, so he's quite prolific in the staff on staff contact type world. Um, and he was based here and he spun Poi before he spun contact staff and had a lot of really good, good tricks that I learned from him, as well as uh, Pineapple Pete is uh, Adelaide based guy as well. Um, and he spun Poi a lot with G and a, a bunch of people that were traveling around that time. Um, he's got a video called the air app reloaded, which is with G doing like a bunch of air app tricks and stuff. Um, Anyway, learned a lot from him. He's quite intellectual dude uh, into a lot of, yeah, really interesting old school poi spinning stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, and they were kind of the, the local guys that I learned a lot from and then just by messing around a lot with my friends that were learning at the same time. Um, but pretty quickly after that, then YouTube kind of came in as a platform that I was learning from and seeing stuff from overseas. So that would have been when, you know, I saw all those old videos of like G inequality and Yuta and like all that kind of stuff. That was mm -hmm. like the next like international inspiration type thing. And then finding videos from uh, like Mel's really old video, Me and My Shadow, and a few other things that were starting to get shared. Um, and yeah, this was kind of when, you know, the YouTube algorithms and stuff were a bit different and it was quite straightforward where like you'd see the popular shared like comment videos rather than like mm -hmm. things being pushed by like paid advertising and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. um, so you'd actually see the popular videos and that would be popular because of their actual engagement. So yeah, you'd, you just see the good stuff naturally through that kind of means. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Shout, yeah. shout out to Mel um, before the podcast. I, I, had, uh, <laughs> I had asked you to send me two of your, your favorite uh, poi videos from, from artists and uh, you sent me red pants and it's just so fitting because uh, this, this episode will release directly after Mel's episode. And uh, y'all know, if you haven't watched Mel's episode and you're watching this episode, go back and watch Mel's episode. <laughs> it's so good. Red Pants is an absolutely legendary uh, video. And we'll talk about here, here, um, him in a, here in a bit when we talk about Russia. Um, but we'll just we'll just kind of keep it back to your, to your um, early origins yeah. for now. So do you remember what was the first, like, low arts festival that you attended do you remember what what that was yeah so in australia there's not many <laughs> so i went to <laughs> Spinfest, which is like the one that was existing at that time and there was another one that i didn't know about called spun out in perth as well uh but Spinfest was near melbourne uh on the east coast uh kind of south and yeah that was a place for original at that point in time it was a fire spinning festival um but it's now like a fire spinning and circus festival so it's kind of diversified a bit and mm -hmm. yeah become like a, a slightly different uh environment but yeah that would have been the first festival i went to can't remember the date but yeah it would have been like three three years into spinning maybe something like that yeah okay so and which brings me to my next question predator poi came out 10 years ago at yeah. the time of its release, did you have any idea that that video would be such a game changer in terms of your influence and status in the poi world? Um, 
Yeah, did you have any idea how, how big that was? Because it was your uh, 100th Poi video or on YouTube. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it <laughs> no, not? It sounds about, sounds about right. I don't actually remember. Uh, I probably would have counted the videos that I had and, uh, yeah, like made a point of that. At the time, for me, it was like um, I hadn't seen uh, a video that was kind of produced uh, about Poi spinning stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so... I like found a friend that was doing video work at the time and uh, yeah, but this is like kind of a step after, like I, I had dreadlocks and looked like the Predator. So my friend was like, oh, you should do a video because you look like Predator. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I should do that. And we then went like location scouting uh, around and found this, um, this quite like normal uh, touristy spot in Adelaide, which is a Moriota Falls, like a, a waterfall area where people go for hikes all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we just strolled around there looking at places being like, oh, yeah, you can fit that there. Oh, yeah, this would be a nice shot. Uh, try this out. So I got to like, um, you know, pick a bunch of combos, choose a bunch of shots, and then just go and do like a proper video shoot, like, you know, yeah. spot and uh, plan it out. Proper and, indeed it was, sir. Yeah. Well, it was like proper enough, right? Like it's not, you know, A-grade <laughs> cinematography or whatever, but it's. It's fun. For the time, um, I mean, I yeah. don't. There, to my knowledge, <laughs> there really was not any other poi video that was done in the way that you were doing this because you were showcasing not only a lot of tech, but there's also a you know a long intro and y'all were at a really scenic place and yeah. there was you know a theme behind it. I mean, it was just very well done, right? And not a lot yeah, of people yeah. were, were doing three poi back then, and you know, obviously the way that you were doing it, you I mean you are already crushing with three poi. <laughs> yeah i don't know i guess like uh my inspiration was from like the, the videography and like cinematography kind of background and like like i said like my friend who helped me film it was going through like film school at the time and mm -hmm. you know so i was comparing it to things like that where like the cinematography is like the, the main focus and it's like yeah, yeah cool it's, it's pretty good with that um but yeah definitely something i hadn't seen in like poisoning videos and mm -hmm. yeah thought that should be done so i, I did it but I'm not sure if I yeah, knew what it would do exactly. Uh, yeah. In hindsight, yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, uh, it's funny. I mean, even when I put out my, my uh, question, cause we'll, we'll get to the segment later, but whenever I, I throw up on my Instagram story, you know, what questions should I ask Tim? And I have, you know, fans write in and ask questions. Predator Poi was mentioned in the questions that I wrote in. So it's just still yeah, I mean, people who have been around for that long. Remember how uh, important the video was. Um, there was just so it was yeah it was just very a standalone video in terms of uh, <laughs> tech progression you know everything like yeah. that so yeah that scene just now from before that that took like what, half an hour of like because they can't <laughs> see in that mask really well it's just like these two little like bits of eyeballs and no peripheral oh. and then trying to like catch under the legs like during that was yeah dude i didn't even think about that <laughs> 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 yeah there's a lot of that like we spent the entire day there and try to get all these shots. So that yeah. pattern that you just did there with the arm tracing carryover. Um, it's funny yep. when this video came out, we had a big group of friends in Salt Lake and all of a sudden I just saw everybody doing that pattern. Cause that would have been tracing <laughs> carryover pattern. And yep. I haven't seen that done in so long now, but it just, it, yeah, it's just hilarious. The yeah. fact that, People see a video like on mass and just uh, try yep. to take pieces away from the video. I mean, crazy. yeah, there's a huge ripple effect like from stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I think that's like one of the very few. Like, I don't think I have very many unique like 
tricks that I've contributed to the, the play world, which is kind of funny in uh, a broad sense. But um, that particular one, I think, was one of them. Uh, and yeah, it's funny to see that like ripple out to like other people. And then like eventually you go to a festival and someone shows you this trick and you're like, oh, yeah, that trick. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> like I, I sent that out like, you know, five years ago. And yeah, cool to see it again. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so cool. Damn. Yeah, that must be a trip. Um, I, I, I sorry, I was shook by by you saying that you have not contributed a lot as far as trick. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. Well, I disagree, but um, I, I respect your opinion. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, pretty. I guess it's a funny thought, but yeah, just like a, a discreet, like unique poi trick or something like that. Um, it depends mm -hmm. how you define like poi trick or whatever. Like, I think I've messed and altered with like a lot of stuff and created new things from that, but. Yeah, as far as like base level like poetry creation, I think that's like a, a really rare thing that doesn't actually happen very often. And mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think I don't think it's easy or common or whatever. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> From totally. that that perspective. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um so you actually now I mean on the subject of poi videos, you have <laughs> my favorite tech poi video of all time. It is the 2019 compilation. It's Woo. 53 minutes long. I watched the whole thing yesterday and I've probably seen the entire thing all the way through probably about 10 times. Um, yeah. when, when, when are we going to get another video of this style? Joey will play it here <laughs> in a few. He's going to let this shit run because it's beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty sweet, huh? Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's the combination of, like, a lot of work, which is why it kind of is dense and full of really interesting material and, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's... It's got a lot of, lot of novel ideas and it's from a time in life when I had way more time to practice and be in the flow of like creating content for like lack mm -hmm. of a better way to phrase that. But, you know, I was quite free because I wasn't quite working full time. I was just getting into full time work at that point. Um, mm -hmm. so I had lots of time to hang out in this car park specifically, uh, which is in the city, which is, uh, yeah, one of my favorite training spots. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. I was gonna ask you. I was gonna ask you about this parking lot. This parking garage. Why? Yeah. Why level eight? <laughs> well, I think that's the the second from the top. The top is where um, there's a bunch of like kids that hang out smoking like all the time. So I just okay. yeah didn't really hang around there so much. Um, and this spot had really good light because it's on the um, northern side, so it's always mm. quite bright. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know what else it is about this parking lot, but it's. It was just quite central in the city. Uh, I was living on this side of town, so it was like close to walk into and get to. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just got a lot of, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. I think it was, there was the time and space in life for the inspiration and then the car park lent well to like all these like big, long symmetrical angles. So it was like inspiring totally. to kind of make stuff there and yeah, interesting from like a content creation point of view. Totally, man. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I caught a story of yours a while back. I think it was like, oh, it was probably like two or three years ago. I don't even remember. But um, you had posted a video of the of the security dude. You were like filming yeah. a video when the security <laughs> guy walked by. And do you yeah. remember what he said? What did he say to you? Uh, he was, he had like seen me practicing there like a lot, like over, you know, two years or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, did you get bored of that? <laughs> oh yeah that's right like, yeah. that's right that's so like, uh, funny actually no it's i'm not well <laughs> yeah 
Oh man, that's so funny. He had no idea who he was talking to. A world renowned fucking <laughs> legend. He's just like, man, do you ever get bored of playing with those things? You're like, no. Nope, funny. Nope, I don't. I, mean, like, I don't know. Locally, I don't really have that uh, kind of reputation so much. You know, like, well, people in the community like know me as who I am or whatever. But right. people outside of the community, um, they don't know what Poi is to start with. So yeah, it's like an irrelevant status that doesn't apply to kind of local people. It's so funny, though. Yeah, because you walking down the street, nobody, I mean, you know, very few people would would recognize you. But like in the grand scheme of things, like in your community, you're a celebrity. I mean, really, it's, you know, <laughs> but um, it's, yeah, it's interesting that we can have levels of notoriety within the specific thing that we do. And meanwhile, nobody, yeah. you know, just your average Joe has no idea. It's just hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm quite famous in the niche, obviously. Um, but outside of that, it's like, pretty irrelevant i'm quite like uh people recognize me in adelaide just because of like how i look not because of like anything else <laughs> so, sure. <laughs> i have that walking around the street thing where people recognize me and they're like they're, yeah whatever like i go into a cafe and they'd be like oh i've seen you before and like that's <laughs> really normal but yeah not because of like poisoning or anything that's so there's, funny there's a, there's a bit more now because i've been in adelaide and like kind of more stuck here because of various reasons from like covid stuff um, so mm -hmm. now I've been doing heaps more fire shows here and stuff like that. So people are recognizing me as like the fire guy and that's, yeah, that's a bit more. That's common. super cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. And Adelaide's pretty large. I mean, it's a, it's a fairly, fairly large, um, city. So I, I definitely want to yeah. make it out at some point. I got to visit Australia. Depends what you compare it to. It's like a smaller one for Australia, but it's, yeah, it's, I don't know how many people. Yeah. Anyway, you can look up the stats <laughs> compare it to your own town. But yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah. This is the reason that this is my favorite tech boy video of all time is because of the diversity of how much shit you have to show in this. Um, <laughs> it's just truly, truly inspirational. Um, you have so many unique. Oh, dude. I'm sorry. I just got stumped <laughs> in my mid sentence because that is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. How long did it take? Did, so when you're filming clips, like some of these more yeah. difficult ones that you film, how, like, do you have an array, like, of this took me, it took me one try on this one, it took me 30 tries on this one, this one took me an uh, hour. Like, do you, are you pretty quick with your videos or do you, like, how, how does that happen? Yeah, it, it'd be hard to recall, I think, but the majority of them, like I'll be trying to like film the thing for a while and I'll be like, oh, I've been doing this for ages and I'm getting like super gaffed, like trying to, you know, get a trick to work. And then I'll go like, look at my phone recording and be like, ah, oh, it's only been like five minutes. And then, <laughs> and then I'll do another like five minute session and I'll get it. So most of the time it's like within, I would say half an hour that I get wow. one of these clips. But, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had some of the more really difficult and longer clips that I've tried to get um, have taken me anywhere from very rare, rarely is my first try. But sometimes yeah. it's, you know, an hour of trying to get a, a minute and a half video that's just really yeah. tough. And, it, you know, maybe I'll get a draft that's OK, but it's not as clean as I want it to be. And um, yeah, yeah, I just yeah, I, yeah. I see some of the stuff that you do, and I'm like, there's no way that he did that first try, but I, I guarantee <laughs> that you do sometimes on yeah, some stuff. Some of them, yeah. Yeah, definitely some of them. Um, I mean, and I don't know how you go about um, creating, like, the idea before you get to filming a clip, but for me, it's usually there's one trick at the start that I want to film. Everything else is just free flow and then yeah. finish, and that's it. Um, so, 
getting the new thing is always like the first part, which is always the hardest. And then once that's done, it's just like a bunch of random stuff. Like whatever. I do really, uh, I do a really similar yeah. thing. Usually the opening yeah. is the hardest part because if you put the hardest part midway through, <laughs> you get burnt yeah. out on the beginning. Like it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my lord! There's no Ooh. way he did that on first try. There's no <laughs> way, dude. <laughs> nah, I mean, that would have been like fourth or fifth or something. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I do God, have a lot of, like, I have pretty much all this raw footage somewhere and I, yeah, I have no idea what to do with it, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, so good, so good. I, it, it, it has been a dream. Someday I want to see this damn parking lot. It is just iconic, <laughs> dude. <laughs> so funny. I took Thor here when he was in, he's been to Adelaide a few times now, which is like super nice. Um, Did you really? to hang out. And, and chat a bunch but yeah took him up there and i was like yeah this is carfax he's like yeah cool <laughs> and then we'd Dude, uh, <laughs> i would have been freaking yeah. i would have been like just nerding out about just the yeah i mean because you've been filming here for for a while now you have filmed quite a bit here yeah i filmed a lot of videos there so like this compilation from 2019 is probably the the bulk of it um like the main time that I was training there. Before that, I would have been there a little bit, but I was only living in the house that was close to there for like three years or so. Um, mm. Yeah. So then after that, it's been like, I haven't had as much time to get there. And now I've got the the studio for Dragon Mill that so I mostly train there now when I do. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's another thing that I was going to ask you. How did, um how did Dragon Mill form? Like how, how with the progression yeah. of that and what role have you had in that? Yeah, uh, so that's my business, and um, it was to combine uh, all the stuff I was doing at that point in time, which was like teaching, performing, and like doing events and stuff like that. Um, so this is 2016 that I decided to do that. Um, just before that, at that warehouse where that started, a friend of mine, Brett, who I was talking about earlier, was teaching fire spinning classes there, um, and Ayalet was covering him for like, you know, a, semester or whatever so like six months or so um yeah and then decided to like make that more of a, a thing and try and get a lot more people learning and um make like curriculum based education for people learning fire spinning stuff um yeah so that all happened around that same time in 2016 so cool. and then since then just yeah and it's exploded it's exploded, man. Yeah. I mean, t so Fire Festival is something that you do in Australia, and just seeing the progression of this project grow and grow and become more prolific, I'm sure in Australia. I mean, I mean, it's just a, it's beautiful to see somebody doing it, man, and the the yeah. professionalism, how far you've come with the just the actual show has is just been really fucking cool to watch. Yeah, I almost sent you uh, when you were asking for videos of uh, like myself my favorite videos or whatever almost sent you just the the empire group show from uh this previous year because it was like a a bit of a, a pinnacle of work to to get right. that um all functioning and yeah we got some really good video of it last year and yeah it's, it's like part of a lot of what i've been doing is just these big events and stuff like particularly lately um which is taking a lot of my time outside of work and then having been training as much because of all this like event management stuff and like you know yeah, being on you know, and building stuff. Yeah. You you are sharing a very similar uh, kind of struggle right now as Voita because he was kind of sharing, his, like, he talked a lot about the same kind of stuff. I feel like you guys just get to a level to where it's like, okay, well, now I'm just organizing. I'm 
I'm teaching or I'm, I'm just or these big events that we're that we're throwing. Um, so I think that just speaks to how much you achieved in Poi uh, that you're that you're at that place now where you're organizing and, and creating these large events just goes to show. Hmm. Yeah. Super cool, man. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know. I guess it's a bit of a philosophical choice as to like, you know, what is the best impact you can have on like either your community or like your lifestyle and yeah, where's like best to put your time into basically. I guess you get to a point where you're like, I could just like keep learning stuff, but that like gets slower and slower and harder and harder, um, mm -hmm. which is fine and like also really enjoyable still. But you know, the value that you can give to your community is in lots of different ways and not just that one way of like developing skills and tricks right. and sharing that. Um, and that impact I think gets smaller over time. And then the, yeah, the impact you can have on local communities through other ways is like quite big. And then same with like, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's my mindset where I like kind of put my attention onto like where I can make the most difference and mm -hmm. do something new and whether that's possible to do. And yeah, I've just been like putting some attention into yeah, doing events and uh, running that bigger type stuff. And then, yeah, yeah. Beautifully said. I, I really, I, I think that's a really good point. Um, just you trying to to make a difference in the best way that you can. And yeah, you're right. I mean, I think that as far as a trick and skill sharing, I mean, you have done your part, sir. <laughs> I I jealously it's, it's more, want, but yeah, <laughs> I want I want more. I always want more. But um, I want you to be doing what what you think is uh you know is is right for for you in this time in your life. And it's just uh yeah. I mean, we have a lot to sh a lot of shit to catch up on. I mean, I I, I could watch this video every you know every year, and I feel like I'd catch something <laughs> new because you have a different skill set or you have a different area of poi that you're going through and then you see something you're like oh that's where that's where that yeah yeah in. like i see now so yeah totally and whenever you're like learning something there's that separate process of integration and you know putting it into your skill set and then yeah whenever you're doing that you're at a different point in your like poi journey or what's like fresh in your mind as like available tricks or available spaces to integrate something and then yeah if you do that at another time then yeah definitely you'll get more out of the same thing again so that that trick that you're doing that's the the waist wrap uh no beat i feel like yeah. every time i see that trick i think of you because it's just yeah it's iconic yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's i guess another one the, <laughs> the little wave waist thing um it's so yeah. sick it's super fun yeah i'm glad that got popular and prolific and yeah, it's, yeah. i think it's great <laughs> yeah Very visual, dude, you know yeah so we we had mentioned uh bow a little bit and we had talked a little bit about this um is it spin what is it called spin circus uh spin fest uh spin circus festival it's okay yeah kind of changed changed names everyone calls it spin fest still because that's okay the shortest easiest way to refer to it yeah so how how was it having Bo come out and and be a part of the the collaboration with you and then also do his own act and just kind of being being yeah. there as as uh, the poi jaguar that he is yeah so good um i mean he's an inspirational human who like yeah obviously has put uh an incredible amount of hours i, I don't know if you spoke to him about his like training regime um mm -hmm. but <laughs> i'm pretty sure he's put more hours into poi than anyone has at this point as far as like dedicated training not many people yeah. do that not many people train eight hours a day as a standard you know like it's yeah 
pretty uncommon and evident in who he is and what he can do. And yeah, great to see that in person and see the result of that training and the consistency that he can execute all the stuff because he's training so regularly. Um, yeah. Yeah, super inspirational. And you know, to see him in person yeah. was like almost as expected. Like, <laughs> yeah, he is what's on the, the package, but also great to meet him as a person and see his like, you know, silly little French personality and, <laughs> you know, meet him as a person. And it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally, dude. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I see comments sometimes like, you know, oh, I could never do that. And I think that's very rarely the case. It's, it's not so much yeah, of... Yeah could never it's would you ever so it's yeah yeah you know would you or could you train eight hours a day for your whole life uh you know you probably could but do you want to yeah. and you know the case is no for almost every single other person in the world um yeah, it's funny so yeah I'm, I'm glad i'm glad that you mentioned the the just the regiment that this man has i mean and, and it, it is evident because you don't learn how to do five point no beat cascade um overnight because that shit is ridiculous <laughs> you know it takes time but it's it's also cool to see um that the run-on effect of him doing all of that is that other people then see that it's possible even if you know you might have known it was possible before but put in the work and do the training but you know that that's you know achievable and whatever and now there's a bunch of people that are beginning to like flash and qualify and run five point as well uh and it's yeah it's great to see that you know, yeah, totally. As well, yeah, totally huge ripple effect. I feel like in a lot of the ways, I mean, you have created uh, for two poi at least, and I will say for three poi as well, you've created a huge <laughs> ripple effect for a contact and for your style of spinning. Because yeah. one of the reasons you're you're you're, I mean, you're probably like my favorite of all time. Um, I will say at this point, but but <laughs> one of the reasons <laughs> that is the case is because of how. Um, versatile your style is with contact with tossing with spinning patterns with three poi i mean you just you checked all the boxes man yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know like uh yeah for me it's just doing what i thought was interesting looking or feeling and yeah just kind of dedica dedicating myself to that style of whatever it is that i wanted to learn um and you know i, I think i've got like a, a separate part of myself that just is really interested in design and like uh similar to mel in some ways like because mm -hmm. he for me when i started out and was learning from him was like a you know his style of poisoning was really cool and really i really loved it and wanted to integrate that into like what i do um <clears throat> and then later on meeting him like realizing that his uh you know this kind of person that thinks in like design terms um and then realizing that I have like that similar quality or trait. Yeah. Uh, and then when you like then apply that to like a, a physical medium or art form or whatever, you always like have this thought of, you know, does it look appealing or why does it look appealing or like what about it like feels appealing to look at? And it applies to like everything, not just the tricks or whatever, but you know, the framing or like the colors or like all of that kind of stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. integrate them into the same thing because design is like a, a holistic principle and yeah it, it just makes sense to like apply that to a visual medium yeah yeah no i really like that you make that connection um because funny enough you talk about visual uh you know or aesthetically pleading pleasing patterns or whatever um you're actually a tattoo artist a lot of people don't know that yeah that's my, my day job now is <laughs> doing tattoo which is fun um and you know like I, I drew when i was much younger so like I, as, as far as number of years that i've been like thinking in that way then yeah it's, 
gonna be more than poisoning. So. <laughs> wow. And yeah. so, did you? Did you? I, I wish I had this pulled up. Um, did you? <laughs> did you draw out? Do you remember when you made the the list of the two point one hand grips? Uh, it was just uh one handed grips. Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah I remember yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you? You drew all that, right? Oh my God. I, I had a feeling that you did. It's just so well done. I'm going to have to find that and share it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it's relatively hard to find, but it's on, it, um, yeah, I think it's on the Timotech Facebook and on the Instagram as well. Anyway. I know it's on Instagram. It's back there though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So good. Uh, this is like the final car park video, basically like put everything in there from the car park, the shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one was so good. I think we're gonna we're gonna end it at the uh, or you know just cut it at, at the uh, the part where you're longboarding and juggling. Ah, ha, ha, yeah, right here. It's so good. <laughs> it's so cool, dude. Yeah, it was a good view of the city as well. This is Adelaide, yeah. it's like the like yeah. cultural precinct, and yeah, lovely spot. Yeah, so cool. Funny, we shot yeah. a um, more recently a video for Subaru, um, like a cinematic promo thing and they had the the guys come out with their like fat cameras and yeah did some fire stuff on that bridge as well that was pretty fun oh yeah. badass okay cool yeah um so you you did a video compilation of south korea that was also very well edited um and you threw in hmm. so many of these clips of like what you were doing throughout your time in korea and th throughout your trip and your journey do you think that just kind of falls into your your taste as an artist where you, you said that it find it more enjoyable, more easier to watch a longer form video of TechPoi when you're kind of break it up with little clips of your trip and, and all the fun things that you're doing? Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess like for me, all videos, you kind of start with an intention about them. And it, like, if you don't, then whatever, like you, you make a video that is what it is. But um, mm -hmm. for those videos, uh, I mostly, just wanted to make a record for myself um and yeah uh, i mean like i wouldn't expect them to be that popular per se just because they are like longer form to begin with and longer form videos are like harder to watch they like take more time you have to plan to like sit down and view them and all that mm -hmm. kind of thing mm -hmm. um so yeah for me it was just more of a record it's got all the stuff in there and then if people are dedicated to watching it whatever like they can watch it that's great but for me, it's like, these are all the memories I had from that time. And if I will try to make like a pretty memory if possible. And then, yeah, kind of no, that's so nice. I, I, I really, yeah. I like that you just, you're releasing it because that's what you want to release and not what you think is going to be the most popular or be, you know, yeah. whatever viewed the most You're you're putting out the things that you really want to do. And I think that that's why they're so popular. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's kind Which of ironic, but... <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 but I just we, we're not gonna watch the the one of South uh, the uh, South Korea one, but y'all go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> he had the Russia yeah. one is so cool. The South Korea one is so cool. So actually, that's yeah. the next uh, topic that I want to get into is Russia. Tell us. Woo. I mean, there's so much to talk about in terms of your trip over there and uh, the time, <laughs> and the people that that you got to hang out with. Um, but yeah, yeah, tell us about tell us about the Russia trip. Um, how was it hanging out with just such amazing artists over there? Yeah, um, real hard to summarize quickly. But uh, yeah. in 
in general, obviously it's a long video, so there's like lots of stuff to watch and like the time there was great and there's a lot in that itself. Um, as far as the, the context going there, uh, that's probably a bit more broad, but um, yeah, like I originally, yeah, watched a lot of these videos from Mel. This kind of ties into the Predator Boy video as well, because when that was popular, uh, I would look at the YouTube analytics and be like, uh, where is this popular? Or like, why is it popular? And try and figure out a bit about it. Um, and there's lots of reasons, I guess, but the, the music being like metal instead of like electronic music was like a big point of difference compared to lots of other videos at that time. And a lot of that music, uh, that video was popular in Russia, I think partly because it was a bit countercultural and like not the same as those other videos that were released with people in their lounge rooms just spinning to like side trance or whatever. And it had a big point of difference for those reasons. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and then looking at the analytics, it was popular in all these like weird countries that I'd had never thought of before as like places that people would pinpoint or watch videos or whatever, except for, you know, those little videos of Mel or like other people that were already popular. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, that video contributed to like the, some notoriety in like Eastern Europe. And then when I went to America the first time in 2014, uh, and I was there for three months, while I was there, I got invited over to Kiev, the KFF in Ukraine. Um, that was largely because of Lara, who had seen those videos and people in whatever in Russia were like, yeah, this is a, a cool thing. We should get him over sometime. Um, and then she saw the opportunity to recommend me to the Wayfest organization team, uh, sorry, to the uh, KFF organization team. And then, yeah, they invited me over. I got a passport, uh, sorry, got a visa while I was in the US and flew out from the US to Ukraine to go there for like two weeks and go to this festival and do a show and meet all these people and then fly back to the US. And yeah, and that trip was incredible. So on YouTube, you can find all those. Uh, there's like four or five parts of videos from Ukraine. Um, and they've got a lot it. of that. Yeah, that trip in there. And that was, yeah, a very life-changing experience. Um, yeah, for a lot of reasons. But anyway, that was like the first kind of connection to that like Russian, Ukrainian, Eastern Europe uh, community. And then from that, then later got invited over to Belarus and went there. This was like maybe a year later and did a show in Minsk and then uh, flew back to, this was like straight from Australia to Belarus to Australia. So like super expensive for them, but yeah, anyway, great experience for me. <laughs> they wanted you there, man, and it was a huge show. Oh my gosh, that show was huge. Yeah, the one in Minsk was really interesting. That was like, um, yeah, the organization was like quite different and quite like corporate and strange. And yeah, anyway, then I overstayed my visa, was there illegally for a little while and then came back and then for lots of funny reasons, interesting trips. Um, <laughs> but like didn't get to go to Russia. Um, so there's those two trips um, were kind of funny or like, uh, I don't know, coincidental to some weird world events. So in 2014, that was when the, the there was conflict at the border or in like um, Kiev in the mm -hmm. city there. So like a few months before there was like all these barricades and things set up and there was like, I don't know, I assume like gunfights and that kind of interaction in the city. And then, yeah, it was probably like six months later that I went there for um, KFS to Ukraine and saw all the like, um, barricades and memorial and whatever stuff going on um so that was just one part of that like russian ukrainian conflict that right. just allowed a lot of russians to go to that festival 
Um, but I didn't get to meet Mel and I was like, oh, sad. And <laughs> then went back to Belarus, uh, also didn't get to go to Russia, oh, sad. And then came back home. And then, yeah, finally in uh, 2018, I got invited over to uh, Wayfest. So this is another um, festival that uh, Lara and a few others had like uh, recommended me to, to get booked and flown over and yeah, go and do this festival. And that was sick. Um, it was a pretty short amount of time. So this is the Korea-Russia trip that I had where I went uh, to Korea for their um, summer festival in the city in Seoul and then flew over to Russia to go to Wayfest, which is in near Moscow, like uh, mm -hmm. in yes, the eastern part of Russia. Um, yeah, and spent, you know, a few weeks there for this festival and hanging out in Moscow and yeah, and Nizhny Novgorod, uh, another city that's closer to where the festival is. Um, yeah, and that was great. Like, I had a super good time, met Mel, met a, met a bunch of these other Russian spinners yeah. that I'd like kn known about for a long time, uh, and met a bunch of new people that I didn't know about, but are awesome like members of the community there. Um, and they've got a really like strong, tight-knit uh, fire community that spreads across like quite a large area, like all the major cities and like, you know, from Siberia to like St. Petersburg or whatever, like all these quite distant places, but everyone knows each other and they're all right. part of this fire community, which is cool. Um, yeah, so that was a shorter time and then came back home and then went over again in 2019 for the same festival that invited me back. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Like, what, why <laughs> invite me again like, for the next year to like, do this thing again? Um, so I, I wonder like, why, Tim. It. I wonder why, Tim. <laughs> well, you know, year after year, it's like, it seems like a, you'd want to spread your investment or something. I don't know. Just a funny, I, I like, understand what you're saying. Mindset. But, um, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I, the they have a great deal of respect for you um, because they, they love Poi in the same way that you do. And so hmm. they know, they understand, they see you and your art and your style and, and want you back. Um, and it's just so cool, man, that the Russian compilation, it was just, again, one of my favorite videos because you got to see not only the, the performance and the show and all the badass performances that happened by so many cool artists over there, but you also got to see all the little fun, like partying moments that you guys were having, like the little yeah. dance parties and the little at like burns that are just kind of, you know, you guys fucking around and <laughs> it just looked like such a cool time. All the goofy videos yeah. of Mel and his little, his little glasses and his little beanie yeah. and stuff and all the funny shit that he was doing. It's just uh, yeah, yeah, it was a really wholesome video. You guys should go check it out if you haven't seen it. It's super funny. Yeah. So 2019, that was when I went for then like uh, about three months. So I spent a lot more time there um, and went to like three different festivals and taught a workshop in each city that I went to. And yeah, just spent a lot more time in that kind of, I don't know, environment, like just being in like Russia proper, like mm -hmm. <laughs> spending time in like Siberia, then catching a train for two days after uh, three days up to St. Petersburg and like living on the train by myself for that like few days or whatever. And then going for like the next community. I like, lived with Mel for like a week up in St. Petersburg. Uh, went to Crimea, which is like that little peninsula that's like disputed kind of territory between Russia and Ukraine. Um, went to a festival there that was sick and, you know, got to perform in front of like culprit doing a DJ set. Who's this like amazing like UK producer that I'd followed for like, you know, 10 years or whatever. And Whoa. yeah, he just happened to be at this festival and I was like, sick, all right. <laughs> and then Whoa. did a set there. 
So there's that, um, I don't know if you saw that clip that's like in the dust on this dance floor and I'm like spinning sword and then poi and it's all this like loud ass music. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That set, which was like one of the best feeling fire sets I've ever done for whatever reason. Um, yeah. And I don't know, just that trip, that trip had so much incredible stuff like tied into it. Um, yeah. And really, I don't know, just a holistic experience that was very positive and very good time. Yeah. yeah. No, I bet it's really surreal for you to be in that position um, with people that you respect greatly. And uh, you're just, you're traveling um, so broadly. Um, it's really fucking cool. And so how was, was the language barrier an, an issue for you at all over there? Uh, I mean, like in the same way you would expect it to be like, you know, obviously I can't just have a big conversation with like someone that speaks just Russian. Um, yeah, but... yeah, yeah, of course. You know, there there were quite a few people that did speak some English and then a few people that speak it really well. So there's enough people around that want to have that experience be good that you totally. have a lot of help to do that. Um, particularly at the festivals, it was really well supported. Like um, at Wayfest, I had like the first time I went there, like two dedicated translators that would like help me and walk around with me and hang out, which was sick. That's um, so cool. Oh and then, <laughs> yeah, eventually I'd like learn some of the language or whatever. And you'd spend enough time with people that they get more confident in trying to speak English as well, which is uh, that, yeah, that's probably the main barrier isn't like that people can't speak much English. It's more so that they are too shy to speak the language that you know, foreign and hard and yeah, sure. totally makes sense. Like if, you know, I, I spent some time trying to learn Russian as well for, yeah, a little while. And it's so intimidating when you like then approach like a native speaker and you're like, yeah, oh, okay, let's, let's try this. And then they yeah. say like a sentence and you're like, I'm way out of my depth and like can't <laughs> do this. And yeah, it's scary. And I totally get that. And yeah, I'm grateful to have the time there to, you know, ease that barrier a fair bit and you know they're there with their friends and some of their friends speak english and whatever it like gets easier and easier um yeah so not so much a barrier and then like in public or whatever like you know all the utility and amenity and stuff like that you learn how to use without necessarily using language as well mm -hmm, so like you know mm -hmm. using money or like using the metro or whatever is yeah pretty straightforward it's like similar to every other metro system in the world so, right yeah. right yeah mel when uh when we had Mel on the podcast after the episode off air, he was like, man, I was so nervous. Cause like my English is, <laughs> is, is terrible or whatever he said. He was like, it's not good. And I'm like, Mel, we just got through an hour and a half, buddy. Like, you did pretty well. <laughs> yeah. like nah, his English is great. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a very sweet guy and very like conscious of it, but his English is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. So funny. And he's so curious about learning too. It's yeah. I think that that kind of makes you good at learning a language is being like very curious about language in the first place. And yeah, he's yeah. definitely got that. Yeah, totally. So we're going to get into the, um, the segment of, of the podcast. One of my favorite segments, we're going to have Joey ask the question or questions. I don't know if he's picking one or two this time, but we're going to have <laughs> Joey ask a question, um, where someone fans writing questions and they want us to ask you live. So we're going to go ahead and turn it over to Joey whenever he's ready. He's just setting up his little <laughs> camera audio situation here. What's going on, Tim? <laughs> hey, not much. How you doing? <laughs> Good. Okay. So today's question is from some poi. Um, they're at his, uh, 
how do you think slash feel about the shift from YouTube to Instagram? Um, excuse me, from YouTube to Instagram to TikTok as an original YouTube creator? Hmm. Um, I think it's not really, yeah, it's like kind of controlled by like demand, right? And uh, what technology is pushing as that demand. Um, so for me, it just has become something I'm less invested in over time um, because I put a lot of energy into making these YouTube videos. They'll stay there, they'll do, they do what they do or whatever. Um, things shuffled over to Instagram. That was like a, to me, an easier form of content to make for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so yeah, while I was, having the time to do that, that was really cool. Um, and yeah, now I'm not making as many videos or whatever, but I'm sure I'll come full circle around to doing something like that soon. Um, yeah, so that shift was positive in some ways. Um, you know, it's kind of, it runs alongside what, yeah, again, that demand is the people's attention spans, like shortening yes. and like wanting this like shorter form content that's like being like good and whatever. Um, but yeah, there's also just a lot more content because it's shorter form and the quality gets like diluted as well. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a, a general shift that I have not much control over. <laughs> um, and for me, it's just it's it just changes where your audience is that you want to interact with or whatever. Um, yeah, so it's just another um, kind of environment to work with rather than like a, a thing that I have much control over. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And, you know, you, but you being so multi-platform, I mean, your videos do well wherever you decide to share them. So, um, but, <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're very good at the YouTube, uh, you know, format as far as, you know, we've already talked about how, how good you are as far as editing and filming and just your taste for longer form stuff. Your short form stuff is just does so well too, man. I don't mind catching a poi <laughs> clip here and there, you know, on the old Instagram. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's good stuff. And yeah, I, I guess that comes back to like the the purpose for making the videos in the first place and what your intention is with it. And yeah, whether the form that you make and the audience that serves uh, also serves that intention or not. That's, yeah, I think that's where your decision lays and should affect what you create if you do want to create stuff. But yeah. So I had, we were going to ask, I was going to have Joey ask multiple questions. But I had I had two really silly guys write in and ask two two really silly questions. Uh -huh. Bo wrote in and asked, "Is Poi real?" <laughs> Very good. Uh, is anything real, Bo? Is anything real? <laughs> okay, and then. You'll get this. You'll get this if you watch Mel's episode. But <laughs> Mel's, <laughs> Mel's drops on Sunday. Mel's drops tomorrow. Um, uh -huh. but, but Mel wrote wrote it and asked, "Will you be Bo's poi daddy with me?" <laughs> <laughs> if that's something that Bo wants, then then yes, so, I, I can so help you support this the, guy. Yeah. The context <laughs> is Bo wrote in and asked will you be my poi daddy to mel and i asked mel <laughs> that question and it's just coming full circle so yeah cool, cool, i had cool. to throw that shout out to both of y'all y'all are both hilarious little trolls so um... yeah yeah <laughs> Not, no problem with having two poi daddies that's fine yeah 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 yeah, yeah. we can yeah, yeah. we can split split custody yeah. Uh, so let's <laughs> let's talk about your approach to training and learning. Um, when it comes to mm. like the time that you dedicate to poi and the time that you set you set yourself you know set aside for yourself, 
do you take a more like regimented approach to where you're learning specific things like, you know, juggling or, or certain idea that you want to, that you want to tackle, or is it really for the large part, more free flowing, you kind of just bounce ideas off of yourself and you're just playing around or is it more rigid? Yeah. Uh, I try and do something more like uh, what I teach people as like a, a good way to structure training sessions and stuff like that, um, which is pretty straightforward and similar to what, other people that train a lot seem to do is like some kind of structure like this. Um, but, you know, kind of catering to your being a human and structuring your training session around your like needs and energy and that kind of thing. Um, so when you begin a training session, you, you know, you've got maybe some kind of warm up, whatever that is, um, which, you know, for Bo is like going into his like hard trick straight away. And then for other people, it's like doing wrist exercises or whatever, whatever your body needs, you know, to mm-hmm. then, train really hard straight away um so at the start of the session you have a lot of like both energy and brain capacity so either like things that take a lot of energy so in i I chatted to Bo about this a lot last time he was here um but yeah when he has that like large amount of energy at the start of the session he'll do like the the harder things to run that take a lot of energy so like you know big patterns and like high numbers and stuff like that um for me it's like using my brain capacity and energy in that spot do the things I need mm. to think a lot about. Um, so if that's like a, a new trick or concept or something like that, that I've noted that I want to explore, I'll work on that and try and find an integration with something else or like a combo or like a symmetrical like pattern or pathway. Um, and yeah, structure my session with that at the start and spending the bulk of my time and energy on that um, creative exploration. Um, that's very intentional about finding something new. And yeah, that's, always my focus in training is finding something new. Um, mm. Yeah, which I think reflects in whatever the kind of content and videos and stuff that I make. Um, that's my first section. And then second section would be, you know, you get a bit more tired, you have a bit less energy, whatever. Um, so either like you can continue working on that new stuff, but just like more theoretically or like thinking about stuff or writing stuff or whatever, um, or getting into like a drone mode where like you don't have to think about whatever it is you're doing. And then like, mm-hmm. for me, that's where I slot my juggling patterns and things that I just need to build muscle memory with. So I'll do all that repetitious practice at that point in time. Um, and then beyond that, it's kind of like the end of the session. So either, you know, recording what you want to, to uh, remember what you've done that particular session because your memory is terrible and your phone can have a longer lasting, more accurate memory yeah. than your human brain has that's handy or writing down stuff. So if you wanted to like, you know, visually explore um, on paper or like diagram, like where that trick fits in with other stuff or just like a list of like what you've done or whatever, something you can refer to later to like Mm. continue that exploration or remember what that session was about or what you learned or whatever. Um, Yeah. So for me, that's usually a video, usually like filming something. So it's like squared away and something I can upload so I can look at it later um, and not just lose it in my phone in like that old camera roll of videos. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I like that you said that because um, yeah, I forget what I'm doing all the time. So I probably yeah. need to, I probably need to film a little bit more. I don't ever really film um, just me fucking around anymore. I, I, 
I guess I, I, I probably should because damn, when I do something and I then I immediately forget what I'm doing, I'm like, dude, what was that? And you try to put yourself in the <laughs> yeah. scene, you're like, okay, where where was I setup wise? What was I doing? Yeah. And then it's just gone and you have no idea yeah, how many yeah. cool things I've done that were are just fucking gone. I'm like, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Un uncountable rat, but yeah, if it's not on video, then it's not real. Yeah. Um yeah, seriously. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you talk to Mel about his like uh video tracking stuff over time, but like quite similar, I'll take like little clips of like a trick or whatever or idea. And then just put that away and it's like sitting there on the phone for ages. Um but he was doing that for like uh his Poyo career, like from those early videos until now. And he has that uh, compilation video at, somewhere on YouTube, I think, with all of those like little clips over the last like 15 years. Um, and it's really long, really in depth, like every trick is like discovered along that Whoa. timeline. Um, yeah, really cool video, um, but just a, an evidence of like that way of record keeping so that you have this collection of ideas that you can refer to or like, you know, reconsider later. And and what's really good about that is sometimes this doesn't happen too too often to me anymore. But sometimes I get into a bit of a rut where I'm like, okay, what do I want? Like, I have all these things that I know how to do, and finding new things can be difficult. So almost you have to like, it's helpful for me to almost refer back to patterns that I was doing or ideas that I was playing with, you know, a year or two ago and come back to them and be like, okay, what can I add on to them now? What can I, how can I expand on to this idea? So I think that's very in interesting and important uh, to do that. And I, I try to go back and, and like I said, just look at old stuff so I can try to refresh mm. my memory and be like, okay, what was I doing two years ago that, that I could work on now? So um, yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's a really helpful strategy. I feel like we, we should just be filming ourselves more um, to when we, we get into that <laughs> rut, we can go back, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, well, there's that kind of learning as well. And all of that, I guess that's like about a training session, right? But there's also separately like your knowledge database and like all the stuff you know in general and like how mm. you're adding to and modifying that knowledge and structuring it and like giving yourself like frameworks or categories or things that you can think about in a particular way and then group things and link things and whatever. So there's that separate Absolutely. like knowledge tree that's kind of happening alongside like how your training sessions are like affecting that. Yeah. So, and I mean, two poise obviously very different as far in terms of, um, you know, spinning patterns and, and, you know, contact juggling is just a different realm. Um, but you're also very good at poise juggling. So how, how how has your journey been with poi juggling like as far as the frustrations of like this this trick took me a year this trick took me mm -hmm. six months to learn like you have to put in so much more time into poi juggling like you understand the pattern but with spinning it's like once you get it you just get it you just know how to do it now so but with juggling yeah. you really have to keep yourself fresh and you have to work on it over a long period of time to attain <laughs> certain patterns like seb's mess like oh my yeah. god <laughs> <laughs> yeah juggling is hard right like uh i was looking at videos when uh looking for something to send over and like went back to like you know a 10 year old video uh called stray which was from when i was in melbourne for some random thing and yeah anyway i was on a rooftop like doing some like little juggling patterns and i was like oh yeah cool I've been doing this for quite some time now. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's just long to learn those patterns, especially when there's no um, precedent for it as well. So with poi juggling, there wasn't much around other than, uh, I know Bo posted that like quite old circus video of that guy juggling five meteors. Um, mm -hmm. can't, can't remember his name, or seven meteors. Rustlin Fomenko. 
yeah, this guy. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> um, but, you know, there was only like that example and that was almost it of toy juggling for such a long time until, yeah, kind of recently when people are, were starting to make uh, some juggling patterns work, like uh, mm-hmm. Willow and Caden were doing like some zero beat stuff and Pi and not many other people before then Bo jumped in and started yeah kind of diving deeper into that there was also uh Dima as well who's doing he was running five play when I met him in 2014 I don't know how Holy long shit. he was doing it before then um yeah anyway there's only yeah a few examples but now it's more yeah. prolific so it's a handful uh, you can actually learn stuff that's already being done rather than having to learn stuff that's theoretical. And yeah, that makes a huge difference to things being easier to learn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you were talking about earlier, just knowing that it is possible. Well, not, not even just knowing that, okay, sure. It's possible, but not, not only that, but people are actually doing it. So it's attainable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think of like uh, now Armin, uh, I think of like mm-hmm. Chris, Kelly, I think of a, a few others, but yeah, I mean, they, really back then there were only a handful of people. Um, yeah. Which brings me to my next question. This is a little fucked up here. Okay. But if you had <laughs> to choose, this is, this is hard here. Well, let's say you had to choose two poi or three poi for the rest of your life. Only one of them, which would you choose? <laughs> Probably two. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I love that. I love that. I was yeah. actually like hoping you'd say that. Cause um, <laughs> yeah, man, that's, Super, super cool. You you do you have a lot more like the variety of things that you can do with two is just ma- much more massive. I think if you spend more time doing two or you've done two for longer, there's a lot more shit that you can do with it. So it's less yeah. limiting almost. Yeah, it depends on your scope of what is two point or what is three point. I guess like mm-hmm. you know if you're doing a, a juggling pattern with three and one's in the air and you're doing a, a two point pattern, like does that count as doing two point and you have to stop doing that or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that that still counts as three poi because you still have yeah, a okay. third in the air. <laughs> what, if, what if it's resting on your neck and you're doing just a three poi pattern? But, Dude, yeah, anyway. you know what's funny? <laughs> we were in the studio the other day and I I have a spinning three poi and, uh, and somebody's like, Dude, I want to start doing three poi. And I was like, Okay, just, and I just put the third around my neck and I'm like, I'm doing three poi. I have three. I'm doing, hey. I'm doing three poi. I have three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But there's heaps of three poi that is that, right? Like, you know, you're just doing two poi one hand and the other poi is like doing a separate pattern that's like not related. And it's, uh, well, yeah, I don't know how you want to like refer to this stuff, but <laughs> is it yeah. a three poi pattern or just doing like a, a two poi pattern and there's something else going on? Yeah. That is a, that is some big brain shit. I, I would not, if somebody <laughs> asked me that question, though, none of those things would have crossed my mind. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like the, the nomenclature and like technical detail. As, as yeah, I know you do. Yeah, I know so. you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as far as some people that you love right now, um, in the poi spinning world, it's okay if we've already talked mm-hmm. about them, but who do you think is, is uh, some artists that that are your like more some of your more favorite and this is just off the top of your head i know i didn't shoot this question over to you earlier so yeah, who do you think are some of the more you know prominent of some of your more favorite artists uh i mean yeah it might depend like how i would be thinking about them or whatever um but there's stuff like i i would still like to learn uh that there's people doing that kind of stuff right now so in that kind of category, that'd be like Bo with his juggling work, um, and like Voito with his two point one hand butterfly work. The stuff that mm. I want to learn, or Jeremiah with his juggling work as well. That's all stuff that you know I might get to if I have the time, kind of thing. 
Um, uh-huh. And yeah, beyond that, I I don't know. I guess like like I was saying with my training, my main kind of focus with boys spinning is to create new stuff, and sure. new stuff is hard to find that people like people aren't doing it right. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> sure. No, I mean <laughs> that that's kind of, that's a, that's yeah. a really good point. And Jeremiah doesn't actually get mentioned on this podcast at all, so I'm glad that you uh, that you brought him up because that guy is yeah. uh, really doing some special stuff with uh, five player yeah, right now. Which it's done some massive hard work that no one has done. So yeah, it's great. There's a few people like that that have put so much work into like families and tricks that no one else has attempted yet. And, you know, because of that, they've, they've got this unique body of work that, you know, can't be replicated yet until someone exactly in that same amount of time. Um, yeah, he's definitely one of them. Um, there's quite a few in like weird little subsets of things. Like there was a guy doing, uh, some tangle work that was like, the most fascinating tangle work I've ever seen. Um, he was doing like three beat weaves with like not a tangle, but like a like a, a touch or whatever, whatever you call like a, not a degree of twist, but things are resting on each other. Um, he was doing like weaves with that stuff. And uh, who, are you, who are you talking like, to? Do you remember his name? It was like uh, Lizard something. Um, I remember Willow paid close attention to it. And um, yeah, it was just really interesting to see this guy doing this unheard of like tangle stuff in uh-huh. like, Facebook boy chat and yeah. <laughs> and no one was like doing it and it was just this one guy anyway there's like a few people like that that have worked in these like specific like little totally. family tricks um totally or, like, I, when I think of yeah. tangles I, I think of uh Ben Cooper we've already watched Gold Rush on this Hell podcast yeah. But, yeah Ben the the Australian the homie yeah yeah almost sent you that video as well because it was like it's just a nicely made video as well and yeah I appreciate and respect that guy a lot and yeah he's a close friend as well so yeah yeah really shout out to ben man we got we're, 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 i chatted about uh with ben very briefly about getting him on getting him on the podcast but yeah if you're watching this ben um fantastic yeah. work, work again that was just a beautiful video i i touch on this video quite frequently now when we talk about tangles or really specific yeah. ways of spinning um yeah but yeah you, uh, just on the note of people doing very specific stuff with poi I've mentioned hmm. this dude before, but for the for those of you who missed this conversation, this dude Jack Boynton with yeah, fish tails, I was gonna mention you... him as well, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like in the loop series or like yeah, a bunch of videos that he made at that period of time. Yeah, oh my God, this man does a fish tail and anti spin fish tail weave or fountain. Sorry, anti spin fish tail fountain. Like what <laughs> the fuck, bro? Yeah. So, so good. So yeah. Insane. Yeah. But these little subsect, um, you know, people, people just see poi differently and they want to do different things with it. And I think that that's a really cool thing that, you know, you share in common with a lot of these people um, that you want to create new stuff and you're, it's not that you don't really love what somebody else is doing, but you just, you love what you're doing more. And I think that that's really the important part. And that's what keeps us going is finding and creating and discovering new stuff and building your own style yeah. um so yeah totally. yeah i think for me also that comes from a like the era that i started spinning and the skills that i had at that point in time you know like from around like 10 years ago or so when it was easier to find new stuff as well like there was less done uh and probably being like a super new art form that was a, a niche i could like slip into quite easily and it's really rewarding to make something that's like not been done before and yeah that was happening like quite rapidly at that point in time. Um, yeah. So I got to like ride that wave. So a really lucky and convenient like situation where I had the the time and energy and capacity to sit on this like 
wave of new poi tech for like uh -huh. for 13 years you know it's yeah yeah you know and when i talk to <laughs> when i talk to you you know you and and uh like mel specifically had had mentioned i don't know if this was actually on the episode might have been off stream or you know off air but he said he described himself as being lucky as well and in the sense that he yeah. started the thing when it was very new and you could just do something and it was a new thing i mean it was yeah. pretty pretty wide and you know there's we're lucky now in the sense that there's so much groundwork there's so much foundation so it's a different it's a different thing i mean the bar has been raised uh, perpetually over the years that we've been doing it but um, yeah, I mean, you got to be an innovator in a lot of ways and, you know, your mind for Poi and your creative, um, just the way that your brain works, um, you know, created some really cool shit. So we, we're all lucky in our own senses, but yeah, that's a, it's a really interesting way of viewing it. Um, you did send me over a video we're, we'll have Joey play. I've actually, I am not familiar with this artist. Um, it's few yeah. and far in between that I'm finding people that I don't know at this point, but um, Eugene yeah, you said, you, yeah, yeah, you sent this video. <laughs> I mean, it's it, yeah. I watched it just a little bit off air, and holy shit, it was beautiful. Yeah, totally. So I sent this because it um, obviously it's like quite old and quite um, for me, uh, it's full of new stuff, you know, that was never done before, and uh, no one had seen this stuff before. And this guy is like a very creative thinker with. Um, yeah, with poi spinning, classical poi spinning specifically, mm -hmm. stuff where you're not like doing contact or letting go or whatever, but mm -hmm. finding new novel spinning pathways, which is hard. Um, anyway, he does like a lot of stuff that, yeah, was super interesting to me at, at this point in time and still now. And like, you know, I could not perform this video start to finish. And like, there's, yeah, there's quite a few things like that uh, from this uh kind of style and location and whatever he's like a, a russian poisoner from siberia um i got to meet him when i was there uh in 2019 as well which is really cool showed me some wicked stuff uh, yeah just a wild spinner, a very good thinker um yeah but it also comes from this era where this style of video was quite normal as well the like tech blog in quotes mm -hmm. where people would just do pattern clips and then like next pattern clip, next pattern clip, and just do that for like half an hour. And then, you know, you'd have this library of stuff that you can then just instantly try and just like yeah. go to the same time code and learn that trick. And then, yeah, again and again. Yeah, um, and obviously quite yeah, similar to that style of video that Mel was doing at the time. I was well, just so, about to yeah. say, yeah, I mean, very, very similar to, to Red Pants and even almost stylistically as well. I mean, not just the, yeah. the, the way it's edited, but yeah, just stylistically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're doing a lot of similar shit here. Totally. And they're from like, I think the same spinning culture where, you know, in Russia, it's uh, quite common to have like quite good posture, clean, solid mm -hmm. ideas mm -hmm. and to focus on things that are like, uh, yeah, this is kind of, I think would contribute to that style rather than be like a result of it. But yeah, this guy, right. um, yeah, strongly being of that mindset before like making these videos or spinning coil or whatever, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, just having that you know creative mind that then applies to that particular style that's popular in that particular country, and yeah, yeah developing these things that are quite technical and hard within that very clean uh, tracing based classical spinning style. Totally, yeah. And yeah. we we had had a discussion about body tracing and what even that means. But um, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. when I think of of r r the Russian style. I think of this yeah. kind of stuff, the body tracing, yeah. um, like you were saying, great posture and mainly spinning like traditional style spinning, but taken obviously like tech yeah. to, to a next level as far as pattern work. Yeah, 
yeah, this stuff is great to watch. And yeah, super satisfying to let watch this video again. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have yeah. to find. I'm gonna have to find this guy. I wonder. Um, is do you know if he's on Instagram? Uh, definitely on YouTube. Um, not sure about Instagram. I haven't had a like good hunt around or anything. Um, yeah, but he has a few videos like this that are longer form, and then a few other ones that are yeah uh, about just like other show stuff that he was doing. I think. Wow. Well, yeah. we'll have to find him on some medium, and we'll we'll go ahead and link his his stuff uh, on the yeah. in the description on this YouTube video. But um, yeah, it's really cool. I I love finding new spinners. There's so many. Um, so of course you're not going to know everybody, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's when you sent it, I was like, who is this? And I started watching it. Like, Holy <laughs> shit. Who is this? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's good stuff. And like, you know, it's all because it's classical spinning and stuff that, um, you know, you can really expand on it quite quickly by taking it into that new context of like contact toy and, um, whatever, integrating it with lots of other stuff. Um, and yeah, because it's that base level of like pattern or technique, it yeah, just applies to everything else you do. Like, yeah, pathways and I, patterns. And I wonder if yeah. he has, does he have the finger loops? Do you think that's what he has? Yeah, that's what he's oh using right here. God. Yeah. You never see yeah. those anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they're also chains and like with balls in the end. So yeah, they're like, they're Old before school. the era of contact toy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I forgot to write down this question, but tell me about your your tethers why why do you choose to use loose tethers still and do you not like static tethers uh my tethers are like now like a, a static tether all oh, the black ones really? on the isopoi that i've been using yeah 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 okay. so they've been like okay. that for like uh maybe three years or so yeah okay <laughs> I yeah. guess I guess um, I'm just behind the times, man. I don't know. I no, guess. that's so good. Like, I think in those 2019 videos, I had cotton tethers still. Um, yeah, it would have been just after that that I had changed my setup. Um, I don't know. I was using cotton for ages because that was the style of poi that I was making and selling at the time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I tried Chris's static poi at, at um, what's it called? E EJC? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, in, in the US, uh, down south. It was supposed to be used as an acronym. Hmm. Um, yeah, my brain can't get it. Anyway, in the in the desert there, um, Cody was running that festival. Um, anyway, met him there, Justin Hind, and a few other people. Um, yeah, really good time. And hell yeah, I yeah, grew up with Justin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good dude. Yeah, very good dude. Um, yeah, spun his poi there. That was super heavy and like static. And I think he still uses these like super heavy poi, uh, which is like. Yeah, cumbersome to use but um yeah the the tethers were like really unfamiliar and heavy and strange and like spun, it, spun them for a little while and was like yeah yeah this is interesting he also had quite long poi and i had like a bit shorter poi at that point in time as well so they were just like unfamiliar but that was like the first time i tried static tethers and was like yeah that could be useful for like some stuff and then saw a lot more of the juggling patterns coming out and i was like ah yeah that'd be super useful for that uh compared to like cotton tethers that kind of have a lot of flex and rebound and whatever mm -hmm. um yeah it does definitely change your spinning style though like going from something that's soft to something that's like quite firm and you know i don't have as much of that like quick whippy like strange stuff um that you can do quite easily with cotton feathers at least just mm -hmm. the, the pace of the tricks and the rapidness of like cycling between them is like a bit different um yeah but it helps the heat of stuff as well so i'm just very used to them now yeah yeah, and I was gonna. I'm glad that you mentioned style because um, 
typically I encourage people to use like longer poi rather than shorter poi. So that's just my style. But when I see you and the way that you're using short poi, length directly affects um, like how slow or fast something can happen. So like shorter poi typically are going to be quicker. Longer poi are yeah. typically going to be, you know, obviously take more time, a longer duration. Um, mm. But yeah, you, you're, you're short poi or shorter on the a shorter end of the spectrum. You make yeah. it work so well. Um, and yeah, again, it just is, goes down to the, like the timing and what you prefer to do with poi. Um, having shorter, you know, you're able to do these quicker patterns. So I think it's really, really yeah. cool and interesting the way that you've kind of taken that approach. Yeah, so they change the speed, but also how they line up anatomically as well. So yeah, it changes some things like, you know, how much tether wraps when you like roll it over your elbow or whatever and yeah, all that kind of stuff. So mechanically, it does change a few body mechanics um, mm. as well. Like, I don't know if you know Chris's, you, you probably do, his like double contact roll thing where one's like stopped yeah. up here and he'll do a roll and then push on yeah. the board. So I, I learned that um, probably the last time that I saw him at um, Equilibrium and yeah, it, it's just like much easier with slightly longer tethers because the, the space you have to reach like with shorter tethers changes their like mm -hmm. angle of arm path relative mm -hmm. to where you want the point to roll. So longer tethers just make that easier naturally. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it directly affects like some tricks and things that rely on anatomy. But besides that, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the reasons that I had to make my poi or my three poi set a little bit longer. Um, I think I'm finally at a spec where I'm comfortable with because I got tired of having different specs for two than I did for three and four. And I was just, mm. I was like, okay, I'm sick of it. We got to just find the middle ground between these two sets that are wildly different. And I finally yeah. put together something to where I'm like, okay, these can be, these can be my two ploy and my three ploy now. And I don't have to switch and change my yeah. ploy. It, it just got exhausting. So, but yeah, I had to make yeah. it longer because of the length of my arm and the certain patterns that I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, so and I'll, really quick, this will be the last one that we watch, but um, Joey's going to pull up the Equilibrium um, <laughs> fire set that you did. This is one of my favorite yeah. fire sets. It's so good, dude. How, how, <laughs> how, how was Equilibrium? How was it being being at this festival? Yeah, so good. Uh, I don't know if you know Tesla super well or not, um, but yeah, he, he was a, a great guy to meet and to relate to in a music sense, which I, I hadn't gotten to relate to like a festival organizer in that way mm -hmm. before. So this festival is like obviously unique in a few ways. Um, at this particular one, they had the Incendio guys doing like LPG gas effects and stuff as well. Um, and the Travel Roots guys doing decor and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. But he's got... Um, a different balance of festival compared to other festivals. Uh, <laughs> you're laughing at that intro. Dude, no, I'm just, I'm just blown. I'm just, yeah, I, I've seen this video so many times, but dude, just the, the swag level, the, the prestigiousness yeah. of this burn was just truly fucking spectacular, man. Yeah, I loved it. Hey, it, was, it was such a high energy festival. Um, yeah, again, for yeah. reasons, but yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite um, moments from yeah. this is watching you and Chris do that battle at the end when everyone was just, just yeah, yeah. sit back and watch them and uh, let them battle it out. That shit was insane. So that was actually a different year, I think. Not this oh, one, was but it? the year after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I went there a couple times, which is uh, also sick. Um, we got to meet another bunch of like really cool producers that I'd like never met before. And yeah, so Tesla has this like, festival balance where he like books a, a proper music lineup and like um 
that you know actual famous djs that have like performance writers and stuff like that and you know uh does all of that stuff to like really contribute on a, a great way to the yeah the the feel of the festival because it has high quality music production and like yeah it's just something that you don't really see as often in fire festivals like they'll, they'll often book like you know local artists or whatever they won't like yeah. invest in like a an inter international lineup of djs and oh man um and his music taste is just really similar to my music taste and because of that i like had this wicked time in this like awesome environment surrounded by all this music that i quite love and yeah you it's have a amazing. fantastic music sense i was thinking about this <laughs> yesterday when i was watching the the compilation of of the videos we've already discussed um yeah and I was I was watching it and I was like, dude, this I'm gonna ask Tim off air to send me, just please send me a <laughs> list of jams because you just yeah, so I, I can understand how you would be stoked on the lineup. Um because yeah, you you you're very much uh you're so you have a huge musicality sense. Um and so I can I can understand why that would be a huge plus for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um and yeah, just having someone that like favors that uh out of festival made the yeah the whole vibe of the place like quite nice um yeah obviously like threw me out as well that's like a yeah a massive like plus in my books to enjoying the time there because yeah, <laughs> yeah, i yeah, actually yeah. got to make it you know <laughs> um yeah and then got to hang out in california a bunch and yeah super time, cool yeah. so when's the next time you're coming yeah. back to the states do you have any kind of trips planned or, or do you have any idea <laughs> yeah i don't know if you heard about the the last time i tried to go to the u.s but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got no i got turned away at the border in uh, la um yeah because they assumed that i would be working in the u.s and yeah they denied me entry so i, I got flown back to australia after um, spending like maybe 20 hours in transit getting there and then about six hours in interrogation and then yeah oh. getting put on a plane home yeah <laughs> Bro, i'm i'm so upset yeah, I mean, so yeah, it was a definitely a hard time, and like I think reflective of mostly the government at the time. There, this was like um, prime like Trump era, and oh god, you know, yeah, 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 stopping immigration, which also stopped, you know, just find the man responsible the for denying Tim access to the United States. <laughs> Damn you, whoever you are, sir. <laughs> yeah, so, so if I go back there at some point, I'll have to go through um, that. Uh, interrogation process again and like apply for a visa rather than using the visa waiver program that Australia and the US has um, in place as well. So it'll just be a bit of a process, but yeah, we're just, can likely we're just happen, gonna, but don't have current plans. Yeah. We're just going to spam request this man get his visa. <laughs> <laughs> please, Tim, please get your, get your visa figured out. Please. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a bummer. I, I don't blame you at all for not having, you know, I mean, it's, it's difficult, I'm sure. Um, yeah, yeah, well, next time, next that, time um, yeah, the, the other like contributing factor is obviously like COVID and how that affected events around the world and mm -hmm. events having put in money to festivals that got canceled and then having no money as like a bank to like invite and fly people out and that kind of thing. So yeah, like pre 2020, I'd, there was heaps of places that you know they'd just contact me out of the blue and be like hey do you want to come to this thing well we've got like this on offer and i'm like yeah cool all right i can do that um but yeah since COVID hit there's just been like zero of that so oh, yeah man just the the times have changed you know and it's um yeah festivals i think are just saving up money again and like 
you know, starting from scratch basically. And it took a while for these festivals to get to that point where they can invite international guests and pay for them and yeah, that kind of thing. So that, yeah. that time period probably just has to happen again to some extent. And we're just yeah, gonna put that energy the, out there to where yeah. to where it yeah, does yeah, yeah. happen um yeah man well well next time i mean you get you gotta let us know you gotta keep us uh updated i mean even if it's a year or yeah. two from now um next time you come uh we'll we'll just have to make a trip out there and be be wherever you're at because uh i feel like there's you know, there's people that come to the u.s where i'm like i cannot miss that um <laughs> yeah yeah well man um we we got through a lot of shit i really appreciate your time um we can go ahead and start wrapping it up joey's gonna throw up the tags um hopefully y'all know where to find this man if you know who i am you know who tim is but uh, just in case you don't here's his tag yeah. um, Poy on youtube yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah truly though uh yeah support him on instagram youtube uh, I think are your main two platforms. Um, yeah, I do have a Patreon as well. Uh, I don't really post very much at the moment, but there's a bunch of still exclusive uh, tutorial content on there that's on mostly the unique stuff that I do. So that's yeah. what I've put up on that, yeah. So many unique ideas. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate you just being down to to be a part of the podcast. Um, it's been a dream of mine to be able to interview some of my you know biggest inspirations, and uh, you're you're definitely one of them, man. So... Just really appreciate your time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll go ahead and wrap it yeah. up. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's been a blast. Yeah. I'm glad that we got through so much stuff and I'm um, wishing you luck in everything you have coming up, man. Yeah, thank you. Peace out, brother.